In August 2013, 8,000 customers signed up for this service within 24 hours of its initial release. This product was named as the best startup of the year 2017 at TechCrunch Scrunchies Awards. And that same year, according to an article published in MIT Technologies Review, the San Francisco-based startup raised $250 million more in funding, putting its valuation to $5.1 million. 2019, the company finally went public. For some of us, or many of us, this is actually a platform where our typical workday starts. Yes, I'm talking about none other than Slack. How many of you actually know that Slack is an acronym that stands for Searchable Log of All Conversation and Knowledge? Boom. Yeah, that was my reaction when I got to know that Slack is not just a word. But yes, people, this is what a Twitter thread from 2016 posted by the co-founder and CEO of the company, Daniel Stewart Butterfield, revealed. Stewart Butterfield is actually the same guy who also co-founded Flickr back in early 2000s. This is year 2020, and more than 12 million people are using Slack every day as a tool to exchange messages with their co-workers and with their friends. And even though it's a freemium service, almost 110,000 customers of all sizes are paying for their service. And this is not just me crunching some numbers, but these are actual data points shared by the CEO of this company in his Twitter account this March. Within a span of seven years, the whole world shifted from emails and instant messages on Link and Skype for Business to Slack. Isn't that incredible? But what is so unique about Slack, which is giving its competition a tough time? And when I say competition, these are not small organizations. We are talking about Google, Microsoft, and Facebook here. Personal or group chat and workplace collaboration, these aren't the new concepts. They existed before Slack. So what has suddenly changed? In this episode of Immersive Experiences, let's take a look at the overall experience that Slack offers as a product and try to find out the key values that are driving people to not just use it, but have fun with it. How I see it, Slack stood out on two aspects that are in fact foundation of a human-centered approach understanding what people's needs are and why, and at the same time, solving those gaps through a great design. The initial rough design for Slack was actually created by its founder, Stuart Butterfield, and his team. And those designs were given to a third party called MetaLab for further revision. Let's take a look at how Slack managed to understand and act on people's need first. The concept of chat existed long before Slack came in existence. Even the concept of GIFs or GIFs and emojis or emoticons, these were all existing. Everyone was exploding it at that time. How many of you actually remember Skype's animated emojis back in 2015? The giggle, the facepalm, the emo, those were fun, right? And Paul McCarty's love emojis that took internet by a storm, which means that Every chat application was exploring the fun element in one way or the other. So it wasn't completely new either. But the need that Slack identified in everything that was going around and in all the products that existed at that time was none of them was able to create a perfect balance of the three components, the chat, the design and the fun. 
Andrew Wilkinson from MetaLab, whose team took over the work for redesigning Slack, he rightly pointed out the state of work collaboration tools at that time. In his words, most enterprise software at that time, they looks like a cheap 70s prom suits, muted blues and grays everywhere. So to get attention in a crowded market, Slack decided to find a way to get people's attention, starting with the logo. They made Slack look like confetti cannon that had gone off. Electric blue, yellows, purples, and greens all over. They gave it a color scheme of a video game and not just the typical enterprise collaboration product. Vibrant colors, a curvy sans-serif typeface, friendly icons, and smiling faces and emojis everywhere. So yes, that was Slack's strategy from day one. Rather than reinventing the chat wheel, Slack focused on what people wanted from a chat application over and above the fundamental feature of sending messages to each other. Be it ease of access to information, remember the acronym searchable log of all conversation and knowledge? Yes, you can literally search any content or file that's being shared with you or you shared with someone by simply searching it on Slack. And then there are other simple things like giving people ability to edit or delete a response. For a generation who is so fast and impulsive, having this feature of editing your response at a workplace, it's actually a true blessing. The other big need that Slack identified in the workplace collaboration was use of multiple tools to manage work. We used to, and we still do, have emails for sharing confidential content and files. We have a chat application for instant messaging, and then we use video conferencing tools to have meetings and share screen with our remote team members. Slack strategically positioned itself as one-stop shop for all workplace collaboration, which made the life of people way easier than before. And there are actually companies who are using Slack as one tool for managing all their work daily work. And the ecosystem of app integration from different dev platforms turned it into a powerful hub, be it apps like Polly who, through which you can create polls or be it the integration with big tools like Google Drive. It makes the exchange of information way smooth and seamless. Okay, so now we know how well Slack understood the needs of its people. It's time to talk about how well it does in meeting those needs through design. The first impression, it's a well-designed desktop tool that conveys its purpose as soon as you land on it. With default aubergine theme, it also allows people to customize the theme. So adding to that fun part, you can also choose a dark mode if you like to give your eyes little rest if you are too much on Slack. The latest redesign this year also addressed a lot of earlier pain points. One of the huge wins is the sidebar customization. I remember how I used to get lost in that long list of Slack channels that I can't archive because of the information in them, but at the same time, they were just adding to the clutter. The design now support expand and collapse on the sidebar. You can also favorite the channel that you want to quickly access. Some new sidebar customization features are only available on paid plans such as nesting multiple channel under one project, which is super useful if you are working with multiple teams. 
But I still see that the overall design has evolved to be more people-friendly with a better information organization and easy discoverability of things like mention, reactions, and edit things that you were editing earlier. And yes, everything is collapsible now, people. So it's entirely up to you if you like it clean or cluttered. Moving on to the primary portion of the interface, which is the actual chat window. They are keeping it pretty simple and straightforward and building on the user familiarity of other chat application and social media platforms. So if you have to respond to a message, you can either respond through thread or you can create a new message. And you can also respond through different emojis to express your emotions for a particular response. As far as interaction goes, Slack is pretty standard and straightforward with not overuse of motion and animation. The good part about the simple interaction is it adds to the ease of use and reliability. And it's also easy for non-technical users to pick up the tool and start using it, which is a little different from other group chat tools like Microsoft Teams, which takes a little while before you get comfortable with them. If we talk about form factors, the mobile app seems a little complex to me than desktop. As the platform, somehow I feel like they're trying to replicate as many features as they can from desktop version to the mobile version. So if you have only one workplace, you probably can manage it. But as soon as the list grows and you have added multiple workplaces, things started getting a little complicated on mobile form factors. On watches, pretty much it is the notification so far. I also believe that a person's comfortableness with any tool on any form factor, it basically depends on where they pick it for the first time. So if you started on mobile, maybe the experience of Slack is more manageable to you compared to me. I started from laptop, so now you know from where I'm coming. So based on the things that we discussed in this episode, it seems like Slack is a good example of a good design combined with a seamless functionality, which also makes it a perfect blend of form and function. And whenever that happens, it results in a deeply engaged audience and a deeply engaged business, which means there is no turning back or in the famous author Neeral's words, you are hooked. Designers love Slack because it's usable and it makes life easier for them. Developer loves it because it has all sorts of customization and integration. Businesses love it as it makes them feel close to the 21st century or the digital age. So somehow Slack has emerged as a status symbol for companies and people, of course. By the way, are you using Slack? No, you don't know what you're missing out, Paul. Yes, deep down, I confess I am one of the person who goes after people and asks them whether they use Slack or not. Slack very much started as a tool for workplace, and it still market itself to be one, but its usage has grown far beyond professional use. In one of the articles published in Wired, Charlie Loke rightly points out that Slack has become the social network where we spend our weekdays. Yes, that's absolutely right. Ten years ago, who would have thought that workplace could be fun with your co-workers sharing animated GIFs back and forth, or people responded to one post or announcement with all different types of emojis. After all, who doesn't love to stay productive while having fun? 
even if the idea, the chat wasn't innovative. Slack has successfully nailed all states of emotional design, from visceral, behavioral, to reflective. Even if the tools sometimes feel a little complex or a biggest distraction, people who are using it, whether they will accept it or not, they are in love with that tool. But the future, my friend, it is unpredictable. Unpredictable? Seriously? I know. Everybody knows that future is unpredictable. What I want to say is that what will happen to Slack, we don't know. Will it be one of those big success startups like WhatsApp that eventually get engulfed by big corporate giants? Or will it emerge as a de facto communication that will dethrone the major competition? Or will it be one of those millions startups that came into existence, rise to the glory and then disappeared in the darkness? I guess we have to wait and watch, my friend, what will happen to Slack. Thank you all for listening to me. If you like it, join me in another fun conversation where we will pick some unique products around us and try to learn together what makes them so special, why people are so crazy about them. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform or follow us on Instagram. Let those creative juices flowing. Until next time.